Thanks for listening to Schlereth and Evans On Demand, presented by Bathfitter. Hey guys, if you drop the ball when it comes to your bath or shower remodel, Bathfitter doesn't just fit your bath, they fit your budget and schedule. Bathfitter will install a tub or shower in just one day. Bathfitter's price guarantee is a slam dunk. Bathfitter, it just fits. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Schlereth and Evans. Sounds good. Sounds real good. Turn that up. Waking up to Foo Fighters. How you doing, Marsh I'm good, buddy. How are you? Oh, man, this sounds good. Yeah? Good way to wake up. Wake up, everybody. 6 a.m. listeners. A lot of you already up yet, already, because you're 6 a.m. listeners. Yeah, that's what 6 a.m. listeners do. You charge into the day. That's right. You meet it head on. Yeah. No screwing around. No, 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 no lollygagging. No lollygagging. No lollygagging. Nobody right now. Right into it. Nobody right now is hitting the snooze button. Mm -mm. That's what 7 and 8 a.m. listeners do. Right. As a matter of fact, their alarms don't even go off. That's true. They wake up about 10 minutes before the alarm goes off. Hey, yep. Time to attack the day. Actually, you know what they do? They wait for their mom to wake them up. Ah. Oh, you mean the 8 a.m. <laughs> Honey, I'm going to work. I hope you have a nice sleep. <laughs> Come down, sing you the good morning song. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Good morning. So, I got a little trivia question for all of you. Do not cheat. All right. See if you can just figure this out on your own. Play along at home. If you want to text in without cheating... See if you can do it. Ramoslaw.com, text line 303-713-1043. There are now four different Avalanche players in Avalanche history to have reached the 40-goal mark. Okay. Can you name all four? Rantanen did it last night. Rantanen did it. Okay. Got to be uh, gotta be Forsberg. Nope. Sackett. Yep. Okay. Uh, McKinnon. Yep. And who is number... Uh, This is the one that can be a little tricky. Who's number four? Probably the the greatest Avalanche player that is easily overlooked. How about that? The greatest Avs player that's easily overlooked. She was Willikers. And And he did it twice, the 40 goal mark. Oh, uh... Hey, Duke. Hey, Duke. Way to go. Yeah. Nicely done. Thank you. Edgy. So, Miko Rantanen in the Avs 3-0 win last night over Las Vegas becomes the fourth different player, seventh time in Avalanche history, to uh, reach 40 goals in a season. Had two last night. By the way, here's another one for you. Okay. This one's going to stun you. So, Rantanen becomes Mm. the fifth Finland born player in the NHL to reach 40 goals. You must think that the other four are all Eninens, right? Yes. You ready to be stunned? They're not Eninens? None of them are Eninens. What? Yari Curry, Timu Solani, Thomas Sandstrom, and uh, Patrick Lane. Not an Eninen to be found. Dude, what the... What is going on? So, for him to become the first Eninen, he's probably going to like end up on a like a stamp. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or a coin. A coin. Like, they'll make one of them 
like gold dollar coins, you know, and have an in and in on there. It'll be awesome. So the Avalanche continue to roll. They've won six straight, 14 2 and 2 in their last 18 games. And see if you remember your little assignment from yesterday. So last night was important because. That four point swing. Four point game. Four point swing, baby. So you got now, birds in the basket, four ba- point <laughs> swings. I mean, that's all good. It's, it's, it's great. 14 seconds in, Rantanen. Dude, he picked that thing off the, I mean, right out of the air, by the way. Yeah. Just picked it out of the air. Whoop. So the Avalanche have now climbed to within two points of first place Dallas. And three points of first place in the West, Vegas. <laughs> you know what? When it, it is not inconceivable. Catch them. When it's all said and done, the Avalanche end up being the number one seed in the West. They're going to catch them. Doesn't it feel like, I heard DMAC talking about this yesterday, and I couldn't agree more. Feel, that, that's a sense you'll you rarely ever hear yeah, on this program. Fever. Well, you might want to bookmark that one. Right. I just said I was listening to DMAC and I couldn't agree more. At some point, and he said he he pointed to the Tampa game that they lost in Tampa. At some point, they quit using injuries as an excuse. They quit worrying about you know when guys are coming back or when they're not coming back, and they just basically had a mind shift, a mind you know kind of a a, a shift of mindset, and they said screw it, we're just going to go out and we're going to set the tone. And they've done that. Set the tone yesterday. Gorgie Park was awesome in the net. Tell oh, you what, wait, 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 I got to disagree. I got to push back on that. What? It wasn't. It wasn't the Tampa game that they. Well, I decided. mean, it was. It was when they held the team meeting after bottoming. They lost to Chicago on January twelfth, and at that point, they were only three games over five hundred. Mm-hmm. They held the team meeting. That's when. The speeches were made, and the accountability was demanded. Yeah, and, and let's get back. And then they and then they I, ripped I'm, off I'm, six I'm, wins in a row. I'm, I'm saying like, that's when it changed. I'm, I'm what I'm saying is we are not. So once feel, again, he's wrong. Okay, so I, the point was, I agree with him that they shifted their mindset. Maybe I was. Maybe I didn't hear it right. You know, I came in. No, no, no. I, I heard. I heard okay. it too. He did say the Tampa game, okay. and I uh, I pushed okay. back on the radio, listening in the yeah. car. I went, okay. "You're wrong. You're wrong." Well, I mean. The half being right is like a huge win for DMAC because he's wrong about everything, isn't he? That's why they sent him steak from Del Frisco's the other day. They just felt bad for him. Look, since that Chicago loss, they're fourteen and four. So I would think that the uh, the switch was flipped a while ago. Well, whatever, whenever it was, yeah, they know, certainly mentally shifted, and they're cruising right now. And Gorgie was great. Taves was great. Taves was great. They they played Vegas's game and beat Vegas at their game. Mm-hmm. Vegas wanted to slow it down, mm-hmm. clog up the ice, uh, take away a lot of room, and right. it, at times it wasn't an aesthetically pleasing game. But the Avalanche got that early goal, played good defense, disciplined hockey, mm-hmm. didn't try to force the issue. Vegas preys on the idea that you're going to push the issue, get. Reckless, make a mistake, and then they're going to convert the other way. But Avs never did it. Then they got the – it was already a four-on-four, four, and then they got the – it was Vegas that blinked first and made the, the bad cross-check penalty on Girard that led to a four-on-three. 
And after that penalty expired, the Az had already had the pressure going. Great power play. They're just peppering Vegas. And then they get the, uh, the next goal. And once it was 2 nothing, it was over. It was awesome. By the way, your guy Gorgie? Yeah. Got some more. Brendan, I got to give a shout out. Brendan McNicholas, uh, the Avs PR czar, does a great job putting this stuff all together. Uh, fifth straight victory for Georgiev. Mm-hmm. He's 10-1-1 in his last 12 starts. Not bad. And that was a career-high third shutout of the season. Mm-hmm. And he's tied for third in the NHL for most goalie wins. Right. So, it's all good. It's all good with the Avs. Rolling right now. Oh, yeah. We think the Avs will end up being the number one seed in the West. Nuggets are like, what took you so long? Hold my beer. No, I, yeah. Nuggets tonight in Houston. Houston's a this is bad, like, right? You're you're now looking at which guy tonight's going to put up a forty burger or more because everybody is just putting up forty that fifty. True. Dame Lillard put up seventy. So who's putting up forty oh, tonight? That's not well. Could be it could be forty assists for uh, Yoka. Yoka. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. He may just be feeding it to somebody or Tristan Thompson, who is on somehow somehow on TV. I guess he's just trying to cash in on the Kardashian, but uh, connection. But he was uh, he had his top five MVP candidates, and he had uh, quote uh, Nikola Jokic third. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Tristan. Why don't you uh, get back to uh, the ample bosom of the Kardashians? Coming up next. Mark has a uh, fun topic that he wants you to uh, get involved in when it comes to the Broncos and the Combine. Share that with you next. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. NFL Combine gets going in earnest today. We've got uh, Andrew Mason and Cecil Lammy out there. Mike Kliss also out there, of course. He'll join us about an hour from now as... uh, we look at the Broncos and free agency coming up first. The Broncos are right in the middle of the pack with salary cap space. They have the 14th most salary cap space with over $12 million. Now, before you say, well, that's not that much, $12 million. 15 teams, almost half the NFL is currently negative when it comes to money available. Sure. So the Broncos having... Twelve million to spend right now is is a good solid number, and it figures to go up. Let's play a keep or bye bye game. All right. I literally want you to say bye 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 bye. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> these are uh, Bronco possible cap casualties. Okay. Okay. These are guys you say bye bye, take the savings, mm. or you want to keep in some form. Either just pay them what they're due to be paid, or right. really work hard to restructure. Okay. Uh, Graham Glasgow, if you cut him, you save $11 million. Um, bye-bye. Ronald Darby, if you cut him, you save almost $10 million. Mm, bye-bye. Chase Edmonds, if you cut him, you save some $6 million. Mm, bye-bye. Jacob Martin. Mm, bye-bye. I didn't even get to the number. Yeah. Mike Purcell, three and a half million dollars. I would keep Mike. You could probably restructure that though. Yeah. You could rework that number that, and probably number. even yeah. save a little bit more cap. So other than Mike Purcell, bye-bye. Mm-hmm. 
Well, right there you're talking about, uh, let's see, quick math on the fly here. 11, 20, 26, uh, about $30 million. Right, so now all of a sudden you have uh, $42 million. <laughs> Boom. You are sharp this morning. I woke up on the right side of the math pillow. Mm-hmm. You're like a great 6 a.m. listener. Yeah, just right on it. Yeah, no, the, all those guys that you mentioned are expendable and probably should be gone. Um, so, you know, which is going to require you to go out and spend money in free agency, you know, on the right players. And then obviously you're going to have to be good in the draft. But, you're going to yeah. have to be really good in free agency because with the limited draft picks you have, and if you're looking at Sean Payton's history in New Orleans, there's a very good chance that you may have even less picks because you'll he'll want a package Right, some of the picks you have to move up to get a better pick. Like they have those two; they don't have a first or a second, but they have those two high third round picks. Could easily see him, based on his history in New Orleans, saying, "All right, I'll give you these two third round picks for a you know the forty eighth pick overall uh, a, in the second a higher round. second round right. pick, mid second round pick." I could easily, yeah, I could easily see them going. Like if there's if there is, let's say, a right tackle that slips down somewhere into the second round where you think, man, this is a guy that we looked at as a potential end-of-the-first-round type of guy that becomes available that you think, man, this dude can play, then I could see them packaging and going up and getting a guy like that. Could you not? You know, you keep talking about right tackle. Okay. It's certainly, it's, it's a huge need. But do you want to take the draft approach or would you take a free agent approach? Because there's some attractive tackles out there in free agency. Orlando Brown. Mm-hmm. Mike McGlinchey mm-hmm. from San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, Juwan Taylor, Jacksonville. Caleb McGarry, Atlanta. Any of these guys ringing a bell for you? Yeah, I, I like You'd McGlin- overpay for them. Yeah, I like McGlinchey and I like Orlando Brown. McGarry is McGarry play, has played really well. He's played with a lot more confidence of late, but he is athletically he's a limited dude. He is a you know, he, he gets invited to the Hegbangers ball. Like that's what his game is. But Limited. You, you better you better have a uh you know, a, a tight end on the end of the line of scrimmage. If you're getting to these passing situations, he's not he's not exactly what you would say fleet of foot. Who was the other guy? You had the the Jacksonville guy, Juwan Taylor. Juwan Taylor. Mm, yeah, I would. So you're saying it drops off pretty quickly. Kelvin Beecham, Arizona. Kelvin's a good player. He's not. I mean, he's not physically dominant or anything, but he's a good player. Isaiah Wynn, former uh, former first round pick in New right. England. New England. Yeah, Never really worked out there for him. Right. Yeah, there's some guy. There's some guys there that that. You like I said, or like you said, you're gonna have to overpay for a Brown or a McGlinchey. But they're good. They're good, solid players. At least you're going to get a good, solid player. You're going to mate. That's free agency. That's the game. You're going to have to overpay for those guys. It's not a huge list when I'm looking at this one list that has Cam Fleming listed as the eighth best tackle out there. Tackle, not just right tackle. Right. Tackle. Yeah, that's not. I mean, that is not a stellar endorsement of. But that's offensive. Let me let me just tell you how this works when it comes to. Free agency and offensive linemen. Good offensive linemen don't hit the free agent market often. 
there's usually there's usually a flaw or they can't franchise and can't get to a deal. Like they can't franchise a dude, two dudes. Like they've got one dude they're franchising. Like in the case of the Kansas City Chiefs, if it was both Orlando Brown and let's call it uh Chris Jones. You know, right. And you're like, hey man, we gotta franchise Chris Jones because we can't get that. that's how that's how a guy like Orlando Brown can get out of the building. Boy, wouldn't it be great to be able to be in a position where you had to wish you could franchise tag two dudes? Two, two dudes. dudes. Two yeah. dudes. Yeah, two Ultimate dudes. dudes. I wish we had two dudes. I wish we had two dudes. Got two dudes right here. We need we need more dudes. Two dudes in the morning. But two dudes here in the morning. For the two dude morning show. Yeah. Ultimate dude got morning a, show. Got a funny question for you. This right. is this is a Mark Schlar special. Okay. Mark came up well, don't act like okay, like you know. I mean you know what it is. You came up with the idea. Yeah, well I mean, us do it. No, no, you, you go. You let me do it? Uh, you, yeah, I'm you, the radio you're, guy. You're the radio guy. Okay. Yeah. So here's let's have a little fun with this because I know our listeners will respond perfectly the way we hope. What is the one question you would want to ask a potential Bronco draft pick at the combine? Can I tell you the, the one question? Can I tell you the one Go, question? That, have fun with it. Can I tell you the one question <laughs> that that had me perplexed on how to answer it? You didn't go to the combine. No, but teams came to work me out. Oh, all okay, time, right. right? So Washington wanted to draft me. They sent their old line coach, Joe Bugle, to draft me, University of Idaho. So it worked out for him. And you know what his first question was? Now, here you are at 20-whatever-year-old, 22, 23-year-old kid, right? You want to make a good impression. You just had a great workout. The old line coach comes up to you and says, let me ask you a question. You like to drink beer? Now that's like a trick. You're, you're immediately thinking this is gonna be a trick question. Yeah, this is gonna be a trick question. A, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You go, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not a drunk, yeah. but you know, I'm kind of a drunk. Kind of I mean, drunk. Kind of lush. I'm but in college, but uh, you know, yeah. I like to sure. I like to have a beer every night. Yeah. You know, was he happy with the answer? Yeah, because he goes, "Well, you if we draft you, you know, you have to drink some beer. It's the hogs, you know." <laughs> Oh, well then, uh, yeah, then, 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 hey, man, hey, hey, coach, I'll be hammered for you every week. Mm. Don't worry. So have some fun with that. The one question you would ask a potential Bronco draft pick at the Combine. Uh, you know how we like them, mm-hmm. folks. 303-713-1043. Morning Brew next. It's time for your Morning Brew. Grab a cup of Joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. The Avalanche with a 3 nothing shutout of the best in the West Vegas Knights. And with the win, the Avalanche now close to within two points of first place Dallas in their division. And only three points bind, or excuse me, make sure I had that correct. Hold on, hold on. Yeah. I think I make might. Make sure you get your math I might, right. I yes. might be just off by a point with both those teams. Mad, mad, the mad, dreaded mad, point. Mad. All it takes is an overtime. Well, last night was a four-point game, mm-hmm. you know, because when you when you beat a team like that in your conference in regulation, you gain the two points that they don't get. So that's yes. a that's a, a four-point swing. The Avalanche had two points behind Dallas for first place, but they got two, uh, two birds in the bush. Mm-hmm. And then they are three points. Yeah, I was right. Come on, Mike. Trust your instincts. Don't, yeah, don't question yourself. Come on. Uh, three points behind Vegas for the best record in the West, and they have two uh, two birds in the bush there as well. You know what, though? Your four-point swing really 
I question whether that's really... Well, how? Well, I mean, if... Okay. It's science. Simple math. Okay. The Avs right now have 73 points. Okay. They went into the game last night with 71. Mm-hmm. Vegas went into the game with 76. Okay. So by virtue of winning, the Avalanche are at 73. Mm-hmm. Vegas stays at 76. Right, they don't lose two points. Had the Avalanche lost, they would have stayed at 71, and Vegas would have gone to 78. Yes. Right. See? Four-point swing. No. You no. gain two points that Vegas doesn't get. It's a four-point game. I understand that, but it's really... It's a four-point game. They didn't take two points off of Vegas. Vegas didn't go from 76 to 74. No, but they didn't gain two points. The Avs got two points that Vegas didn't get. It was a four-point swing. It was a potential four-point swing. 71 to 73, so it was 73-76, right? Yes. That's, That's so... Oh, boy. It's three points, right? Oh, jeez. I apologize. 73 to 70. Uh-oh. Eight. Yeah. It's five points, right? That's only two more points. Yeah, but you would only stayed, you would have stayed at 71. 71 to 78. Yes. Is six points. It's seven points. It's a seven-point game. <laughs> seven points. So they are what? Three points behind them now. Three points behind Had they not won last night... And Vegas did win in regulation. They'd be seven points behind. So What's seven point. minus three? Seven minus three. It depends on the, t- w. the country you're doing. W. Yeah, it's a W. W. It's a w. w. Anyway, 14-2-2 in the last 18 games for Jared Bednar's team. Yeah, I think we're currently in the best stretch of hockey we've played this year. You know, it's also the best lineup that we've had all year long with the guys getting healthy, Manson, and Byron. Like, those guys help. The experience that those D have and the puck moving ability that they have, you know, they deliver the puck to our forwards on time, which gets us playing in the right area of the rink. And so I find we're defending less now than we were in some of the games early in the season. And it's, it's experience. It's that puck moving ability. A lot of it has to do with our back end. By the way, on this day in 1972, a miracle was bestowed upon us. I mean, Jared Bednar, happy birthday to Benzie. 51 today. 51 today. 51. Are you kidding me? Hot 51, I tell you that right now. Hot 51. Sharp 51. Yeah, it is. Your birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Ben. Happy birthday. I like I like how we're playing less defense. Next on the Morning like Brew, Broncos at the Combine, we threw out the question. If you could ask one question mm-hmm. to a potential Bronco draft pick at the Combine, what would it be? I love some of these. Do you feel winning is tall? Do you feel, ooh, that's a great question. That's one that Vance is going to drop on somebody. Yeah. Or how about this one? Can you ride? <laughs> Let's ride. By the way, I I don't know. You can do a lot of things with filters these days. Uh-huh. But Russ has been p- posting pictures of his uh, family beach vacation. Yeah. I see a noticeable difference. Really? Spicy. He looks much leaner. Mm. The face is not nearly as pudgy. You're right. I'm just saying, we we said this. I wonder. We like, said this. I, I know. I wrote a column about this near the end of the season. That it is all on Russ to go out and 
change the narrative. And one of the first things he has to do, he has to come back and make a commitment to being in better shape. If these pictures are accurate, he's doing that thus far. Let's ride. Uh, did I quit following Russ? Maybe, maybe I quit following him because I haven't seen Gee, any. Why would you have done that? Yeah, I don't know. I have not seen any Russ pictures this off season. It's been really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I've really enjoyed. I've the really enjoyed not paying attention to what uh, he and Sierra are doing. Next, Bye. next on the morning brew, the Nuggets with as. Uh, Easy a game on the schedule as you're going to get tonight as they are in Houston to play the uh, one two three Cancun Rockets. Jamal Murray, very happy with uh, where this team's at right now. Win every game. Don't get complacent. Don't be satisfied. Try to build habits. Get guys up to speed. It's the usual. And know that we all have one goal in mind. So I think everybody's on the same page and um, we all believe that we can do it. So that's all we need. Nuggets go in tonight, 43-19. and 19. Five and a half games ahead in the Western Conference. And uh, they are what? Uh, Still trailing both Milwaukee and Boston for the best record in the NBA, but uh, not by much. Only by like a game, game and a half. You think they're going to, you think they'll catch them? Ooh. Like they're, it's a foregone conclusion. They're going to have the best record in the West, right? I mean, that's. Yeah. And I think, and I think as a result, they may give away a game or two down the stretch, resting people. Mm-hmm. Whereas I could see Milwaukee and Boston probably knowing that home Battling court out, right. would matter there in right. a potential game seven. So I'm going to say no on best record in the West, uh, best record in the NBA. Definitely the West, though. Yeah. Next on the Morning Brew. You want proof? That hope springs eternal in spring training? Yes. You want proof? Yeah, I want proof. You want proof? I want proof. Can you handle proof? Yes. Well, here you go. Actual Here's proof. There's a ball that's hit high in the air to left and gone, and the Rockies take a 1-0 lead. You, you talk about swung on, gone. Might have hit the scoreboard out there. And Chris Bryant, a tremendous home run, and the Rockies have the early lead. Well, so, excited. Well, it's, it's A's, A's TV. Yeah. They were bummed out. Yeah. They understood that once Chris Bryant sets the tone, you have no shot. You got no And they chance. had no shot as the Rockies went out in one, and they are now 3-0 and to start spring training. W. 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 That is, that is a beautiful thing. Did, uh, did what's his head play for the A's? Uh, Mike Trout? Can we officially... Oh, you mean the it was the A's, not the A's. Come on, man. <laughs> Look at you. Just contempt on my face. I know. <laughs> this is sad. See, this is why we can't play. I don't <laughs> I still don't think you deserve it. I don't. <laughs> That'll do it for the morning brew. It's a beautiful thing to bring that to you each and every morning. <laughs> Your face was just like you're so disgusted with me. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. More of your questions for potential Bronco draft picks and uh, another prominent NBA voice comes out in support of Nikola Jokic. You'll hear it next. It's Schlereth and Evans on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. Third 
Third time around, we continue to hear the national debate about Nikola Jokic and the continuing efforts to try to come up with somebody, anybody, to be the MVP except for Jokic. But there are the Jokic supporters out there. One of them is J.J. Redick, the former Dookie. Mm-hmm. Called uh, the game the other night. And he called the game the other night for uh, ESPN, the Clipper game. And he had a podcast. He has a podcast, Old Man and the Three. And he had a message for the Nikola Jokic haters. A lot of the conversation around Nikola Jokic is this idea of eye test and analytics. It's as if to say the analytics that reflect how dominant Jokic are are not reflected by the eye test. It's as if to say if you watch another player, it's clear they're more valuable. And my question to people that would say that is what the f*** are you watching? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear that part right. when I watched yeah, it. Oh yeah. I watched part of it. I didn't hear that. That's good. Yeah. the f*** are you watching? <laughs> well... We talked about this yesterday mm-hmm. that a lot of times you make the case for Jokic, or in this case, make the case against Jokic by by talking about its numbers all the time. But I defy anybody who watched the final five minutes of regulation and then on into overtime of that Clipper game and just watched the way that he took over and watch how he commanded the basketball and watch how he said, this is my game, hop on my back, boys. That's the eye test, right? That's the eye test. It should be. So you get the numbers and the eye test. It should be the eye test. But the problem, the problem, I think that a lot of people who watch Nikola Jokic, and and I said this years ago, and everybody looked at me like I was an idiot, and it has totally played out to be true. His below the rim nature, because it's not it's not an explosive game. It's still incredibly like there's a difference between athleticism and just skill level. His skill level, like what he does, how he turns people around, how he gets his shot off, like his footwork, it, it is second to none. It's unbelievable, and he can always within six feet of the rim. Get a clean shot off. Unstoppable. And it's not that he's elevating over people. He's using his skill. But you don't equate that skill to athleticism. See, when people look at the eye test, a lot of people look at just the pure athleticism. What I always say, you know, it's it's the difference between being an athlete and being a professional football player, a professional basketball player, a professional baseball player. Like... That, to me, like Nolan Arenado, professional baseball player. But if you put him in an athletic challenge of the third baseman, like give me Manny Machado or, or Bregman or whoever, he's probably not coming in first place athletically. But he is sublime glove work. Unbelievable anticipation. His stuff is just ridiculous, right? That's Nikola Jokic. But people don't equate it to athletic greatness. Yeah. Yeah. I love the Arenado comparison. That That's good. I, I, I like that. Right. I mean, you he think he makes the sublime look so easy that you think it's just like his, his basic fundamental. Right. But it's incredible. His side to side, his side to side 
speed. If you're talking about just breakdown and get, he wouldn't. I don't think he would match against a Bregman or against a Machado or give me any other great third baseman mm-hmm. in this league right now. But his anticipatory skills are so good, right? IQ, yeah. That he's already he's already there. Whatever he lacks in that athleticism, he makes up for in his just in his ability from the neck up to understand. Here's more from Redick on Jokic. Because when I watch Jokic, I see dominance, someone who makes his teammates better. Think about this for a second. KCP, having his most efficient season. Aaron Gordon, having his most efficient season. Michael Porter Jr., a beacon of efficiency. Jamal Murray's entire game is benefited by that two-man action with Jokic. Bruce Brown, having his most efficient season of his career. Like, what are you watching? Do you understand basketball? I don't know that there's a player in the NBA right now that makes his teammates better more than Jokic. I think that's very fair to say. So when we talk about value in a team sport, I think he's at the top of the list. Isn't that what most valuable player is? Should be, right? Doesn't typically come down to that. Most valuable player usually is the guy with the best numbers. Which, by the way, his complete bullshit. Which, by the way, his numbers are incredible. But his all—that's what makes him such a slam dunk MVP—is because his numbers. He's averaging a triple double, right? And yet, while doing all that for himself, as JJ Redick lays out, look at everybody around him. KCP is playing his most efficient basketball. Michael Porter Jr. playing his most efficient basketball. Brown playing his most efficient basketball. Gordon playing his most efficient basketball. Like. That is the definition of most valuable player. I, I mean, it's. I think it's. I, I regardless. I think it's a slam dunk. It's just for us here in Denver. It's annoying because the next guy who puts up forty in a game is he the new? Is he the real MVP? Right. Is is Damon Lillard? You know, is he Dame time? The real MVP is. Well, one more from Reddick here because this this I think right. is a fair debate. This one so far everything he's he's saying he's preaching to the choir here. Mm. But I think it is a fair debate. Can you win a third straight MVP and does it mean as much if you don't have a title? The point of discussion around this topic has been if he wins his third MVP and then they don't at least make the finals. Should we change the criteria of yeah. the award how we whatever. Jokic has yet to play with an all-star. So I, I don't quite get that argument because historically, at least, every guy that wins plays with <laughs> another. Yeah. Yeah, that's the modern NBA. They they play with a second star. And the other point about Jokic that I just want to say is in the playoffs, in his career, 26, 11 and a half, 6.4 assists, 52% from the field, 39.6% from three. He takes five threes a game. Last year, they were clearly outmatched against that Golden State team. Of course, Golden State goes on to win a championship. Draymond, Looney, they guarded their ass off. They made it tough on them. He averaged 31-13-6 on 57% shooting. So if you're going to make it just about this dumb rings culture thing, I don't know what to tell you, but that's not how we vote on MVP. It's just not. I get what he's saying. But it, it just doesn't work that way. And, yeah, if, if he wins a third straight MVP and they don't win the title for a while, 
you'll have enough people making the argument, hey, look, you didn't, you just didn't have enough around him. You can't. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, as time goes on, historically, right. legacy, 10 years, 20, 30, you look back on it, and, and people aren't going to, they're not going to see the nuance in it. All they're going right. to do is they're going to look at three-time MVP winners in a row. They're going to see Jokic. They're going to see Bird. They're going to see Russell, and they're going to say Chamberlain. And people are going to say, what's he doing there? And that's unfair, but that's that's the only area I'll disagree with Redick. You can call it dumb, but it is what it is. It, it just it just is. Well, it, he's correct in that it is an irregular season award. He's correct in that. Um, you're correct in how. See, it's not. It, it shouldn't. It shouldn't have anything to do with this year. This year, clearly the MVP again. So clearly, should get a third award. It will, however, be reflected in the legacy aspect of it when you're talking about all-time greats. If you don't have championships, I mean, we do it all the time in, in the NFL. If you don't have, yeah, but he's only got one Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Like, what a turd. You're, so, I mean, I understand how that works, but it shouldn't have it. It shouldn't be reflective. Championships, not going to a final, going to shouldn't have anything to do with this year's MVP vote. Good stuff. Good stuff there from uh, J.J. Reddick. Four Down Territory coming up next. When your team is in hot water and you need a break from the play-by-play, Bath Fitter can install your tub or shower in just one day. And just like a coach, Bath Fitter is in your corner offering a watertight, seamless wall. A design consultant will take accurate measurements of your tub or shower and recommend the products that fit your budget. Bath Fitter has special financing available with no money down and no interest for up to five years. Now that's a game changer. Visit bathfitter.com to book your in-home consultation. Bath Fitter, it just fits. 